Welcome to Remotely Creative, a RimCAD podcast where we talk to artists, designers, and wildcards about how they're surviving in the era of COVID-19 isolation. I'm your host, Rob Flattery, and today I'm joined by Gretchen Marie Schaefer, director of the Visiting Artist, Scholar, and Designer Program at the Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design. Gretchen Marie Schaefer, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we mention you all the time at the end, and you're always behind the scenes, but now you get to be on it. Very exciting day in your life. Yeah, it's very special. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, I wanted you on to be able to talk about the 10th anniversary of the Visiting Artist Scholar and Visiting Artist Scholars Designers and Designer Program. Why? That's a long name. I know. It is a long name. I think it's a part of our origin story. You know, we're at an art and design school um, and we oftentimes bring folks that are, are scholars in the creative fields too. So I think um, actually when it started, it was important to, to really call out all those different groups, but it is, it is a long title for sure. Yeah, but you guys give it a student award that has an even longer title. Yeah, well, if you're going to be called the VASD program, your your award should be, you know, should also honor the ridiculousness of long acronyms. And so I actually can't name it off the top of my head because I think it's probably like 13 letters long or something. But yeah, students get that honor every spring. I like it. It's it's an honor, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Long title award. Um, so give everybody a history of the VASD program, what it's about, what what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I mean, I've been uh, directing the program for about a little over seven years now. Um, but before my time, um, when the program was created by uh, Courtney Lane Stell, who was the then gallery director at REMCAD, and also Anna Mascarella, who was a gallery coordinator. Um, so they, they developed the program within the REMCAD galleries. Um, 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, I think um, the, the college, you know, um, has had visiting artists in the past, absolutely. And, and they've hosted all kinds of folks throughout the year. So um, it wasn't like we, the college didn't have visiting artists before that. But I think when Courtney and Anna um, formed the program, you know, at that time, um, they really wanted to um, connect all the different departments and expand kind of what visits might look like and, and how these folks might interact with with our student body and also the general public. So I think um, what I what I know of of the origins is um, really engaging the broader community was uh, an important part of um, you know creating the program in in this kind of way and in this setting. Um, yeah, and they, they started bringing in artists in, in the fall um, of what it would be, 2010. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and, and um, I was lucky enough to come on a, a few years, years, years later and um, was actually in a position um, soon after I was hired to um, remove the, the visiting artist program from um, underneath kind of the gallery connection and um, establish it as its own standalone department and initiative for the college and which was really exciting and really a great opportunity to grow the program um, to really what it is now it's taken kind of those years to make it what it is today. Yeah, no, I, I remember when I got here in what 2012 going to some of the events. Um, and just kind of watching it grow and watching the um, 
like I think they're they always existed, um, but to see like the thematic connection between all the artists has been important. I I don't actually know if 2012 that's how it was set up, um, but now just seeing how they kind of all interweave those artists and and that seems to be a pretty important concept. Um, yeah, is that something that was you came up with. Um, well, it was it had started a little bit when I was brought on um, in 2013. So um, the first years, you know, I was really just building some relationships with artists and connecting them to the community, I believe. Um, but when I came on, they had started to kind of think about and envision that it would be great to have an overarching uh, topic or theme that all these artists would engage with or have some kind of unique perspective on. Um, so when I came in, there was some kind of beginnings of that, but um, there wasn't, there still was um, not as much frequency or um, the kind of established timeline that we have now that everyone comes in at a certain kind of day of the week and all of that kind of thing, that regularity wasn't really there in the same way. So. Um, and they were booking artists pretty close to their visit date at that point too. So I think by, you know, kind of investing in, in creating the BASD program as a standalone department allowed some space to be able to do some more like longer term strategic planning mm -hmm. um, that would allow us to kind of, you need that time, um, the kind of lead time to, to think in that big picture level and then bring in artists underneath that topic. And so um, after being there for a little bit, we were able to um, make that into like an annual, have the theme be an annual um, piece of the programming, so. Yeah, what's the theme for this year? World building. I, it's very exciting. It's, yeah, it is. If <laughs> It, it's world burning is what I thought would, would be more well, appropriate 2020 name, but I mean, I whatever. feel like destruction is a part of creation though. Right. Um, but yeah, no, when, when we thought about the topic of world building, it was probably like a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Like we plan out the themes pretty, pretty far in advance and are thinking about what artists would be a good idea and what, what topic is important for creative people to be engaging with right now. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, well, 2020 is a new decade. Um, you know, there's an important presidential election that year. So politics and, and those kinds of things will be in the air and people will be talking about them. Um, you know, technology is changing so quickly. Conversations about AI and how we interact with technology is important and, and how that shapes you know, the very makeup of our brains, those kinds of things. Climate change was really important and increasingly an important topic our students um, are passionate about and want to engage with. So, you know, all those kinds of things were in the air and we thought it made a lot of sense. And then when I, you know, was already reaching out to artists at the beginning of the year and then we were all sent home and, you know, middle of a, and now, so it's like middle of a pandemic, middle of, you know, intense reckoning with racial injustice in our country, in the world even. Um, you know, I just like this talk about technology and our, how we build a world or what technology means in our lives. We're on Zoom right now and feel like we're on Zoom all the time. Um, rethinking about the social contract and, you know, what we, how we care for each other. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I never thought world building would be like this. 
I'm surprised you didn't look in your crystal ball and see pandemic. Yeah, yeah, it's not, I, yeah, did not anticipate it. I thought it would be important. I didn't know it would be this, like, prescient and, like, this, um, it would feel like this real and this, like, desperate and urgent and heart-wrenching and vital and in the same way. So, yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting time to be talking about building worlds. I, I think it's actually pretty poetic that 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 worked out that way. So um, I'm very excited for the series. Series um, kicks off next week. The pod, this podcast will come out the day after your first guest. Um, yep, that's right. So um, so people will miss the first guest if they're only finding out about it via the remotely creative podcast but who else do you have on the docket for the rest of this year yeah so we will start with christine sun kim next week so if folks are are just learning about the series now they should look up christine's work she is a fantastic artist she'll be zooming in from berlin um, we're thrilled to have her kick off our series so definitely check out her work um, she's a perfect world builder to to begin and introduce the the series um, but then following her in October, October 6th, we'll be uh, hosting virtually uh, Jacoby Satterwhite. He'll be coming in um, via the Zoom from New York on October 6th. And then on November 17th, we'll be with the cartoonist and illustrator Liz Montague. Um, so yeah, that'll, those will be our, our fall artists for world building. And then we'll continue through the spring semesters, of course. Um, and the artists that will be hosting then will be announced later this semester. So maybe we can come back and give a little plug about the spring artists um, yeah, definitely. later later this fall. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you mentioned that these are going to be on Zoom. So that's a big change from the, the normal BASD program. Yeah, for sure. And talking to students in the community, it's like I really I really miss our auditorium. Um, you know, we typically host visiting artist, artist talks in uh, the Mary Harris Auditorium, our historic auditorium and beautiful campus with its like red velvet curtains and seats um, and the art deco vibe in there is so nice. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I'm sad not to be there. I feel super connected to that space. Um, and it's really meaningful, the, the amazing minds that we've had standing on that stage and, and sharing their work so generously with us over the years, but um, that's okay, we adapt. And I, I feel, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that the college is so committed to this program that, you know, there was no question that we were gonna have it or not. We were just gonna figure out how to have it. You know, I think um, the college could have said, well, we can't do events. There's no way that we can, you know, have these artists, you know, interact with the community as we had in the past. And that wasn't even a question. So I'm, I'm really glad that you know, we're figuring out how Zoom webinar works. All of a sudden we're becoming Zoom experts, which I didn't know that was something I would become, but here we are and- Put it on your LinkedIn. I'm gonna, yeah. It's definitely an important CV item. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting how, how it all works. I, I've been, you know, looking at different events on Zoom and attending them myself. And um, I, think, I think they work. I think they're different, of course. But the most important thing is just connecting these artists and their ideas and, and what they're working on and how they're engaging with what it means to be a human now at this time in this place um, and to share that with our students and to build those connections with our students 
and then offer it to the general community as well. It's, um, I think we're still going to be able essentially to like live out the mission of, of the program through Zoom, which is really important. Um, and it'll, it'll still work out. It'll be different, but I'm, I'm, am looking forward to getting back on campus and the, the in-person interactions and stuff. But, you know, there's opportunities here too. Maybe, maybe we'll, ex the program will expand and interact with audiences online that are hearing about the program and what we have for the very first time. Um, and hopefully they'll stick around and continue to watch uh, in the future as many of the artist talks have been live streamed too. So hopefully um, it'll just maybe expand, you know, what the artists are talking about with their work even further, which would be great. Yeah, I wonder if, if it turns into something where you still have people in the auditorium, but the, the artist will zoom in and, and be presented on the auditorium screen as opposed to being there in person. Um, I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm just wondering how, how the world's going to change to where, you know, there's going to be people in pockets of, of countries and other places that they're going to go through travel bans, according to the latest I heard about the pandemic 2.0 that uh is coming out so we'll see yeah yeah we'll see we'll adapt we'll we'll figure it out i think the important thing is to you know make space for artists to talk about their work and ideas with other people um and to you know to to support them in their practice in that way and then also to connect students to those ideas and all the different ways of, of being an artist and designer. Um, there's so many and it's important that they see different versions of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, that, that's a possibility that we could be, you know, essentially Zooming or Skyping people in. I, I, will, I will always, I think, hold on to bringing the artists here. There's just a level of relationship building that, you know, we know it's just not the same on Zoom and it's exhausting in a different way. And so many of these artists go on, you know, they continue a real mentorship role with our students. You know, I hear from alum all the time talking about like, oh yeah, I'm still connected to that artist. I had a studio visit, you know, with, and, you know, they've been graduated for a number of years and, you know, they have this great connection with an artist in New York or Houston or LA or where, wherever it is. Um, and, I'll be interested to see if that kind of relationship building and mentoring happens in the same way in our Zoom platform this year, um, because that lasting effect of, of the artist visit is like so special with this program. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we had Milton Glazier um, come into a event and Mary Harris because he didn't, he doesn't, well, he's deceased now but um he didn't travel he stopped traveling because of his health mm -hmm. um so we had him facetime in mm -hmm. and dude was like 150 years old and he was like facetime pro he was telling me how to do things so i like that um but yeah it's you know it's always best to bring people in person you want to see want to see how they sweat under the lights um so you've got 10 years of guests behind you um or nine years, almost 10, I guess, right? Is that how that works? No, it's, it's 10 this year. Yeah, this fall is 10. But they haven't shown up yet. That's where I'm going with that. So yeah. nine, nine, nine years of past guests. Do you have any, uh, any guests that stand out for good or bad reasons? I'm sure they're all good, but wow. I'm putting you on the spot here. 
Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. Um, you know what's funny too about, so you're asking me personally because what's an interesting thing about the artists and, and audience and you know, I think two different people can sit down and listen to the same artist talk and get very different experiences out of it, right? So it's been interesting to see artists come in and give their talk and the variety of responses we get. And I always feel like it's a successful event if I get some people who are pretty critical about the ideas and presentation or what have you. And then I also get people who are praising it and super excited. And I feel like if we have a good spread there, then we, we did our job to challenge our audience for sure. Totally. Um, but yeah, man, that's a really interesting question. You know, and I haven't obviously been here for all, all the 10 years, but of the seven, um, I mean, yeah, that's super interesting. I will say for me, cause I'm an artist myself too. And I, I, so I'll speak from that perspective, I guess, too. Um, Sandra Perry, who we had, um, I think for our collapsing time, I want to say series. Yeah. Three years ago. Now you're right. Um, she, she totally, her ideas and um, the way she interacted with our students and, and her, her talk just floored me. I mean, her passion and her, and her, her work is just incredible. I don't make work at all like her, um, but I will say that her talk and ideas have still stayed with me years and years later. Um, and I don't make work like her at all. I don't, you know, I just, um, she's, she's fantastic. And she was such a great artist to bring, um, I think, and interact with our students. She was fantastic. Um, you know, bringing some of these like big name people who I, I never thought I'd ever meet in my life, like Miranda July and Paul Pfeiffer and Andrew Zattel and like, I mean, amazing people who, you know, you read about, you learn about in school and everything. And then the, the fact that I was able to like meet them and host right. them and have them in Denver and, and have our students interact with them um, and be able to, and be able to bring those artists to Denver. Like, I know we have some really great art institutions here, um, but it's still, you know, relatively small town. It's not happening every day and there's not a ton of players. And I feel like REMCAD is really adding to that conversation by bringing these people and connecting it to the community, um, connecting those voices to the community. So those were pretty, those are pretty special. I mean, my selfie with Miranda July, I have to say is like <laughs> pretty, pretty special. <laughs> and I just never thought, you know, I reach out to these artists and, and who knows, an ongoing conversation. Kevin Young too, what, what a brilliant, brilliant human being. And, you know, he was in town, I think, gosh, at the beginning of this year, it might've even been for something and, you know, hit me up and we got to go out for dinner and stuff. And it was just like, how amazing to, to be in Denver and to have these kind of connections across the country and stuff with really um, important, people in our culture, I think. So yeah, those are some of my highlights, I guess, but from a very personal place, I think um, the job, you know, I, I sort of talk about how I, I don't like to work with jerks because we don't, no one has time for that. And so I think, you know, every artist has been great, you know, speaking from like coordinating and stuff has been really great to work with. And um, I think it's been, they've all just been so generous with our students, which is really important. And um, 
I will say that's in a, that's a key part of the in-person thing that'll be interesting to see how it works on Zoom that I feel like when you're in front of a group of people, I think our artists are very generous with, with their practices and their, you know, their projects. We've had artists share projects that are in the works that they're not showing other play, mm -hmm. you know, people yet and that haven't been released yet and that kind of thing. And the artists have always been so generous and stuff. So that's, that's very exciting to be a part of. Totally. Yeah. Paul Pfeiffer, obviously, is a, an awesome one for me. I mean, I never thought that I'd get to see him talk and hang out with him. So uh, Paul Pfeiffer, uh, Caleb Lindsay, who was also on the podcast, I, yes. you know, he, he did a performance. So it wasn't just, you know, a lecture. Um, and I think that was good for, you know, the students and also general public who came there that, it's not just always a stuffy lecture and I'm not saying that the lectures are stuffy by any means, but it's, it was, it really challenged the idea of a, of, you know, I hate to say lecture series, but it really did. Cause he just did a performance and people were just kind of like, is this, is he going to talk or is, Oh, that's it. You know, and he's not wearing shoes and there's this whole, whole interesting thing. So I, I think the conversations that came out of that lecture, just as far as, not necessarily the content, but just the, the questioning of the form of a, a lecture series was really interesting for me. Um, so. Yeah, and we've had, you know, the times that we've also been able to collaborate with the REMCAD gallery, the Philip J. Steele gallery has been really special too, because, you know, for the way our program is set up, the artists are usually with us for just a couple of days. And, um, you know, they don't often have, most of the time, they don't have a corresponding exhibition on our campus as part of their visit. Um, it's really centered around the the artist talk or lecture, um, but those have been really special too because then you know people get to engage with the artwork there in our galleries, which are even geographically surrounding the auditorium. Um, those have been special opportunities to Jonathan Monahan and mm -hmm. um, Sophie Clements, and um, yeah, there's so many great artists that we've had. <laughs> I know. I, I, Not there I, to be I, able I, to pick a couple. <laughs> I didn't want to put, I didn't, I mean, I wanted to put you on the spot, but at the same time, like I asked you for your personal thoughts. I, obviously you're not going to bring horrible artists or horrible speakers. So, um, you know, but I think the, those other, um, just those other, it makes me think of some of those other partnerships too, you know, like some of the artists we brought, like Kevin Young is one of them, you know, was made possible because we partnered with other people, other organizations in the community. So we, you know, hooked up with Lighthouse Writers Workshop to bring Kevin Young out, which is very cool. And, um, you know, we worked with Redline, we partnered with Redline to host Judy Chicago, which mm -hmm. was phenomenal. Um, so those have been special times too, thinking about those collaborations. Yeah, speaking of Kevin Young, I think I've told you the story. I was um, flying back from I think Memphis a couple years ago year it was right before Kevin Young came obviously so about two years ago um, and I was getting up to get off the plane and the guy or there was two people in front of me and an empty seat in the middle and there was a Kevin Young book and I was like oh is that your book and this guy's like oh it's mine I was like oh well hey he's coming to our school um, you should you know come it's gonna be and I think I told him the month because I remembered at the time um, he's like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, I was just hanging out with him, um, doing a writer's workshop, symposium thing. I was like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, you want to see something cool? I was like, 
we're on a plane. This is safe. Yes, I want to see something cool. And he's like, well, when we get off, I'll show you. And of course, walking down, I'm like, all right, what is he going to, what is this dude going to show me? He pulls out a sandwich and it was like the Kevin Young sandwich um, at some uh, deli. I don't know if it was in Memphis or for somewhere else, but it had his like picture on it. And, you know, it was pretty interesting. And, and I think um, I saw that guy, uh, I don't know his name, guy saw a guy plain guy at the lecture so i think that was pretty interesting um because he had a relationship with kevin young um from some writing thing but i think he showed up and so it was just interesting i'm on a plane and then that's what we talk about and then he shows me a sandwich so i think don't we have a picture of that sandwich Didn't i do i think we should put that in the podcast notes sophia <laughs> yes podcast uh, the kevin oh, young yeah. sandwich i will I will put that in. Um, yeah, one one interesting part about the program is that, uh, granted, all the artists, designers, and scholars have their own background, but you kind of try to interweave the idea of interdisciplinary, um, interdisciplinariness with their talks, with their just putting it all together. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and where that comes from. Yeah, for sure. Well, really, it comes from the fact that the, the program serves the entire college and then also beyond, right, our community beyond REMCAT as well in various ways. And um, so it's, it's not a program that serves any one of our academic departments, right? So we don't want to just bring in illustrators or just bring in interior designers. Um, and so, you know, I think that's part of it. I'd say the other part of it is just that that's like humans are interdisciplinary like you know and i think increasingly creative people in this world really need to be and and maybe we're happier in that way too when we're not boxed in and we can be more nimble and that you know we'll all have so many different changing careers throughout our lifetime and that can look a lot of different ways and so um some of it is just sort of modeling that openness for our students and that, you know, don't box, box yourself into one kind of specific area. Um, it's, it's more about expansiveness, right? And we often talk about how the program values passionate curiosity. So it's not just about learning a skill um, on a certain software, although that is important, right? Those skills are important. That's what we're doing at REMCAD in a lot of ways. But um, I think the additional thing that the program can do and why the interdisciplinary thing is important is that it um, it's thinking about, well, okay, you have these skills, now you learn these skills. What does that mean in relationship to the rest of the world? What does that mean in conversation with culture and politics and in you know those kinds of conversations and other issues that we know our students and and our peers other artists and designers are are um, engaged with um, and so oftentimes with our artists those people are inner you know multidisciplinary um, practitioners um, because they're starting at a place from um, engaging kind of ideas and topics first and then from there finding the methods um, uh, to, to explore those ideas. And so they, you know, they're just kind of by default end up being makers or, or thinkers um, in, all, in all different forms um, because they're chasing ideas and stuff first. So yeah, it ends up, it ends up working, working out to serve our students. And I think um, to have some you know, 
big, important conversations, hopefully. Nice. Yeah. One thing I was just kind of thinking about, like all the VASD um, programming that's going on and just obviously it's going to be different this year because people aren't going to be coming to the auditorium um, and just how it's kind of like, Oh, I see alumni from the entire like lineage of, of RIMCAD. Like it, it's something that people come back for. And I know people are like living in other States and then they're just happen to be in Denver and they definitely come, you know, if the, a lecture works out because it is open to the public. And I think that's a very important, you know, it's a community, um, open to the community, which I think is always nice. Yeah, I, I love when we see alum when they come back, mostly just because then I get to see our former students. But right. yeah, I think it's a it's been a wonderful way to keep them connected. And, you know, it is about on like continuing education, which is key and a really important value for the whole college and that we believe in and that your education doesn't end when you when you graduate that um, we're just a part part of that whole thing and that you'll continue to do it. So it's great when they come back and engage in that way. Um, but I will say that after the artist talk, one thing that's kind of cool about the program that not a lot of people know about are the other events that we host with the artists that are exclusive for our students. <laughs> um, which, you know, I think maybe the public hear about the other events when we make announcements about them in the artist talk. but. The day after the artist talk, the, we have a small kind of roundtable discussion, what we call a next day Q&A that's only available to students, faculty, and staff with the artist. And that's very cool because it's intimate, it's casual, and students get to ask all kinds of questions of the artists and um, they do a lot of that kind of relationship building there. And then, of course, things like studio visits or workshops or things like that um, are really special opportunities that are like extra, you know, great exclusive opportunities just for our students. That's, that's really nice to offer too. Like, you know, we had, um, this was before me, but um, Will Vinton, who has been kind of termed the, the, the kind of godfather creator of claymation, right, mm -hmm. who I think passed a couple years ago, actually, and I think even his New York Times obit quoted his REMCAD visiting artist talk, which is really interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, he gave a claymation workshop with our students, which is like so freaking amazing and very, very cool, very special. Students and, didn't have to pay a cent for that. Uh-uh. No, we just, you know, they showed up. So, which is, awesome. yeah, I don't know. Stuff like that happens. Um, the studio visits at undergrad, you know, art and design students get to share their work with people like Paul Pfeiffer and, uh, you know, everyone else. Those studio visits with Sandra Perry, like, blew students' minds, like, changed them, right? Or Dario Robledo, we didn't even talk about Dario. Like, um, you know, I think uh, one of our alum, um, Drew Austin, is still very connected to to Dario and I mean Dario is just the sweetest person and incredible artist and talk about generous um, but yeah they still are in contact and stuff too from those from really those studio visits which are really special. Yeah and you know most schools have a visiting artist program but I don't necessarily think they're having the studio visits portfolio reviews type of situation I mean that's typically a master's degree a master's program thing and so it's really fortunate that we get to offer that to our undergrad students mm -hmm. um speaking of the studio visits i do hear from students all the, all the time i'm like well do you sign up for a studio visit and they're like well i don't have a studio so 
how does that, yeah. how does that get addressed? Yeah, that's a good question. And even, you know, what we changed this year too is we're calling them one-on-ones now okay. too, because even the term studio visit isn't used in all of the different creative fields that we have academic departments in. Um, so we're changing that to one-on-ones to hopefully kind of explain kind of what that interaction really looks like. Um, well, first of all, this year it's different because it's going to be on Zoom. So <laughs> it it's, doesn't matter where you are or what time zone you are, anything you can, you can engage in this way. But um, yeah, you don't, you don't need a studio. What we've done in the past, if a student is interested um, and they're not one of the students in our SPVAC studios, which are available um, for students, is, you know, we find a conference room for them on campus. We set them up, you know, wherever makes sense. Um, we have had online students participate too. So technically they've done it over, I think it was over Skype at that point. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, we just make sure that they're, they're set up with what they need. So it kind of depends on what they want to share um, with the artist. If they're sharing, you know, if they're going to print out some things, maybe they have a, um, a portfolio, like I'm thinking about fashion design, interior design, they have like a printed out like physical portfolio with right. images. Maybe they have a digital portfolio. So we set them up in a space where they can um, connect to a larger monitor um, in like an office or a conference room or something. So we just work directly with the student to make sure that they're comfortable and can share their work in the best way and just that they can have a productive conversation. Um, so yeah, for, for all students, it doesn't matter what department you're in, doesn't matter what year you are. So, but we tend to get more upper division, you know, closer to senior um, students at that point. Cause I think it's intimidating. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, it was intimidating for me when I was in grad school yeah. because I had never had a studio visit before. Like, like I have a studio visit with this guy and then comes in my studio and it's like, oh, do you make music? I said, yeah. He's like, why are you in art school? I was like, what's the difference? So. <laughs> But it was a very, it was a very fun conversation. So yeah, uh, they are. I think, I think students, I th what I hear the most common with students who are doing it for the first time is they they always say right afterwards, why was I so scared? You know, I shouldn't have been afraid. It was just talking to another artist about my work. It was, and like I said, when we started talking, I don't like to work with jerks. So we invite people who are, um, you know, are, want to talk and work with, with, art students. They want to talk with, you know, um, our students and they want to see their, you know, we use it as a, as an option. This, the visiting artists can do a workshop, they can do a class visit, they can, but so many of them choose studio visits with our students because they want to see what our students are making. I mean, you know, often those conversations go both ways that the artists themselves get a lot, the visiting artists themselves get a lot out of chatting with our students and seeing what amazing wild ideas that they have and what they're interested in so yeah no i i think it's a great program so where can the public go to to participate in the in this situation rimcad community obviously they just need to watch their email because they will actually they have to read their email or any of the other millions of communication methods but what about the general public that um, might be interested in this Yes. Yeah, so the only trick here is you have to know the long acronym. Um, so it's just going to the REMCAD website and then, so it's remcad.edu slash V-A-S-D-P. The P is the important part. Yeah. Visiting Artist Scholar Designer Program. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, and it's also just under on the REMCAD website under um, events, you can find it in there. Um, but I also post about it and you know, it's, it's out in the world. If you, if you Google visiting artist program in Denver, you'd, you'd find us too, I think. I hope um, so. I hope so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that's where you can get information on, on the theme for the year. You can find out what artists we're, we're hosting and how um, you can get connected to their artist talk. And then for students and faculty and staff, those other events as well. And it's all free. All free. Yes. Also and, important. Yeah. And, but you do have to sign up, right? You like, you have to reserve a, a, let's use the word ticket. I don't know if it's called ticket, right? Yeah. A seat. Yeah. yeah. A spot. I don't know. Spot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we do, whether we're in person or online on Zoom, we ask those folks to register ahead of time. So that, we, and, you know, when we're on campus, we have to do that because there's only so many seats in our Mary Harris Auditorium. So um, when we have some of these artists, you know, we do fill up and, and there's a wait list and all that good stuff. But um, so yeah, you have to sign up online and you can do that at that same website um, ahead of time. And in this case, people will be registering for their unique Zoom webinar link, which is really exciting. <laughs> and so- <laughs> you, you can frame it, print it out, frame it, put it on your wall. Something you to cherish. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, pre-registration is, is required for all the events. But yeah, they're always free. Always free, which is like key. <laughs> Accessibility. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think they're great. Um, I, I challenge all of our listeners to make sure that they attend at least one, if not all of the events in the World Building Series. You might miss out on the first ones because it happened yesterday when this comes out. Um, we hope it happened yesterday. It's 2020. I don't know what's going to happen. It's Earthquakes, giant, giant toads. No, um, it's we've had to, we've had to reschedule them or cancel it. You know, we've had a couple, we've had two, two visiting artists that had to be moved to the next day because of snowstorms. Jim Woodring is incredible cartoonist illustrator, um, amazing sense of humor. I think we brought him, he talked about dark humor. I think he came for our humor series. Um, and we had, he lives on an island. I'm gonna forget the name of the island. He's on a plant works island, but he's in an island outside of Seattle there. And, you know, you had to take a ferry and um, get to the airport. And I, I was like calling him, I think, and like, I'm sorry, we can't bring you here. We're under like a foot and a half of snow, everything shut down. Denver's totally shut down, the airport shut down. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, the weather's fine. <laughs> and I, so the poor guy had to get back on the ferry, go back home, come, come out the next day, had some kind of crazy travel schedule based on, you know, United rebooking his flight or whatever, but he got here and he was a delight. I just, he's an amazing person. Um, and then Naomi Clark was the other one where the snowstorm, I think, was in New York, though. So it trapped her there. We were, we were fair weathered here, but she was stuck in New York. And she ended up taking, she was like flying through the night. Like she, she did wild things to show up here and um, gave a fantastic talk. I think she was a census series and talked about, used like the uh, analogy of Italian food to talk about building taste in video games, which was so good. Yeah, and we had her on the podcast too. So we did. Yeah, you're right. Shout out to Naomi Clark. We talked about interspecies erotica. I'll never forget. So yep, she's great. The census series. She made so much sense with that 
oh, I just did that terrible pun. <laughs> Not, not on purpose at all, but yeah. She, Dad jokes. Dad yeah, jokes. I know. I know a few. So awesome. Well, Gretchen, what what do you got going on in your life? You're an artist. Are you making work? You're making giant rocks? I think Small this rocks? interview. I think this interview is over. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I um, I have been making art in kind of weird ways um, at home or trying to do that. But I did go back to Tank Studios uh, this last weekend over the Labor Day weekend. Um, and I did some deep cleaning and I'm gonna do some, you know, burning some sage and Palo Santo to get some good fresh vibes in there and uh, make, some, make some art. And yeah, I'm excited to get out of my making at home and things I've been doing at home and get, get back into the studio and be with, be with my community. There is really healing and helpful and um, we're going to do it. We're going to get back to each other. It's coming. It's coming. So, well, awesome. Well, Gretchen, thank you for being on. Thanks for talking about the VASD program. Um, it is one of the crown jewels of the RIMCAD community. So I can't look or look, excuse me, I can't wait. And I look forward to the world building series and then what happens next year and the year after and the year after. So appreciate you being on and I'm sure I'll see you in the next uh, 15 minutes because that's how work works. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode. You can find links and images from today's guest on our website at rimcad.edu forward slash remotely creative. Make sure you subscribe to Remotely Creative wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Special thanks to our team here, Gretchen Marie Schaefer, Chris Daly, Mel Kern, Neely Patton, Josh Smith, and Madeline Austin for making today's episode possible.